welcome one and all to the Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. I'm here, as always, with my lovely wife, Angela, at the controls, and the prophet of the hour, Dr. Andrew. How are you today, sir? Doing excellent. Thank you so much. Um, so today, we are going to, and I'm about to learn a lot about salt. Mm-hmm. We are. So salt is faith, okay? Okay. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. Okay. When is the first time salt is mentioned in the Bible? Hmm. I want to tell you the, the truth. I don't know. Okay. I really don't know. Sodom and Gomorrah. Sod- ah, Sodom and Gomorrah. What happened? Okay. What well, happened to... Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed by fire. Uh-huh. Because of the way they treated strangers. Uh-huh. And I can't remember salt there. So what happened to Lot's wife? Oh. I remember now. What happened? She was told not to look back. And uh-huh. when she did, she became a pillar of salt. That's right. That still stands today. That's right. So, so the father told him, he said, don't look back, because you're not to look back at something that I don't want you a part of. And okay. Lot's wife did not believe him. And she went to look back at what she was leaving. So because of her disobedience, this is what happened. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley, and all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife from behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Genesis 19. Wow. So the interesting thing is Sodom and Gomorrah are just east of the Dead Sea. Okay. Which is the saltiest sea upon this earth. It's so salty that you can't even dive down under it because it's so buoyant. Um, so, as we know, salt can destroy anything, but it is also responsible for things living, okay? Yes. So God, in his faithfulness and in his vengeance, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah to salt, because that's where they came from. Hmm. And because Lot's wife insisted on being a part of Sodom and Gomorrah, she was turned into a salt waste because of her lack of faith. Okay. okay. So salt is the Hebrew word malak, which has two meanings. It means to season, but it also means to wither away. Because hmm. as you know, when you live by the sea, yeah. well, salt destroys everything, right? Everything. So, so bear sight. Salt has two natures, right? Right. It preserves and it destroys. And in the days of our forefathers, salt was a valuable commodity. It right? was very it was valuable. Very valuable. It was like gold. True. And as followers of God, like salt seasons our food, we are seasoned by God to produce his fruits. Okay. And it says that. It says that so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay. So he salts us. He seasons us 
through trials and time in order to produce this fruit. Okay. Okay, so it's, it has two good, good purposes. The first is that it preserves things, and the second is that it seasons things, okay? Okay. So obviously salt is a good preservative, right? Yes, it is. Like you salt, used to preserve. Beef, salt beef jerky, salt, yep. you know, you salt your fruit, you salt your vegetables, because why? Because they, they taste better when you do. No, that's seasoning. Well, they're seasoning. But you said you we salt our seasonings and our uh, vegetables. Why do we salt our meats and stuff? Oh, to preserve them. Right, because yeah, the salt them. actually destroys the microorganisms that can cause problems, right? Right. And in the same way, it's the Word of God that protects us, right? Right, because, because it keeps out the, the evil things one. that the evil one wants us right. to know. Or as we, what, what Paul called the arrows of the evil one. Okay. Okay, so he said this. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, so faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Ah. Ephesians so, 6 and 16. So that's the salt of our faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. So salt acts as a seasoning by enhancing the flavor of food. Right. Okay. And the grace of faith seasons our speech. It enhances our speech as we spread the word of God. Okay. That's what Paul said. He said, let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt. Okay. So that you will know how you should respond to each person. Colossians 4 and 6. Hmm. So it gives us the right way to answer questions. Okay? Right. Not only that, but when God made a covenant with his people, that is Israel, it was called a covenant of salt. Okay? Okay. So very first covenant, he said, All the offerings of the holy gifts, which the sons of Israel offer to the Lord, I have given to you and your sons and your daughters with you. As a perpetual allotment, it is an everlasting covenant of salt before the Lord to you and your descendants with you. So do you remember what a covenant is? I do. Covenant is a blood contract between God and man. That's right. So it's from the word bereth, which means two. So it's a covenant, it's a contract between two people, God and his people, okay? Okay. So let me ask this, what is a covenant of salt? So we already know that salt means faith. What is a covenant of salt? So a covenant of salt is an unbreakable covenant between two people. Um, there's a marriage covenant uh -huh. that uses salt and right. because the salt can't be separated your salt can't be separated from someone else's salt that uh -huh. the covenant remains so you're right and the reason why that was used in marriages as it was used here is because it is a covenant of faithfulness on both parties we know that God will keep his faithfulness that's not a given that's a that's not a question. It's a given. You know what I'm saying? That he will, that God will keep his faithfulness, but man, we're not, not so, so good at that. Okay. So the covenant of salt is a faithful promise. It's a faithful promise on the part of God and on the part of his people. Okay. He said, if you will keep my command, my covenant, he said, now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then ye shall be my own possession among all the people. 
For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Exodus 19 and 5. Okay. So you will be the highest of the high if you obey me. Okay? If you okay. are faithful to me. And by his covenant of salt, his promise, he promised to his people that he would return and that his people would rule all nations. Okay. It says this. Behold, a king will reign righteously, and princes will rule justly. Isaiah 32 and 1. Okay. We're going to take a quick break right here, and when we come back, we're going to talk some more about the salt covenant and, and how God makes that covenant with us all the time. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe, and this is The Prophecy Show on Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. Welcome back, one and all, to The Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. I'm here with Dr. Andrew, and we are talking about salt. So the first covenant that God made with his people was a salt covenant. Okay. Because it was a promise of faithfulness. And in semblance of that, he commanded his people to sell the perfume. Okay? Okay. So at the tent of the meeting place, he said this, With it you shall make incense, a perfume, the work of a perfumer, salted, pure and holy. You shall beat some of it fine and put it before the testimony in the tent of meeting where I meet with you. Mm. It shall be most holy to you. Exodus 30 and 34. Okay. And in semblance of his salt covenant, he commanded them to salt their grain offerings. Because obviously we're offering this offering to the Father, so it should be seasoned. Okay. He says, every grain offering of yours, moreover, you shall season with salt, so that the salt of the covenant of your God shall not be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings you shall offer salt. Hmm. Leviticus 2. So all the offerings of salt of a salt covenant were a reminder to us of God's faithfulness to his people through the covenant of salt. Okay? Okay. And it's through his gift of faith that we present offerings that are worthy of our God. Okay. So his covenant of salt obviously was not it was in semblance of the salt of the earth, but was not the true salt that he was talking about. Because the true salt he was talking about was what? The salt of the earth. No. Well, it was the salt, salt of our faith. Right. So it's our salt of our faith to obey him. Okay? So it's our faithfulness to obey his commands. Now the question is, did we walk? Did we obey his commands? No. No, we didn't. So because the people refused the salt of the covenant, he trampled on that salt of faithfulness. And he gave us the salt of destruction. Okay. And that's what Sodom and Gomorrah was, right? The salt of destruction. It was the salt of destruction. So God would destroy their land with salt. It says this. All its land is brimstone and salt, a burning waste, unsown and unproductive, and no grass grows in it. Like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Admah and Zeboim, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and in his wrath. All the nations will say, Why has the Lord done this to this land? Why this great outburst of anger? Then men will say, Because they forsook 
the covenant of the Lord, the God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Okay. Deuteronomy 29. So the salt of faithfulness becomes the salt of destruction. Hmm. It says this in Psalms, Thus he turned a fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who dwell in it. So what was once fruitful becomes what? Wasteland. And that's exactly what the enemies did. So when people went into Israel and they took over the land, what did they do to it? They destroyed it so that it couldn't grow anything. They salted it. They salted it. So you take salt from the sea and you throw it all over the soil and that destroys it because what happens is the salt integrates into the dirt okay and it may be in, in the bottom of the dirt but as soon as you water it the salt comes back to the top it comes back to salt water and guess what salt water is not good for crops mm. it, it makes them shrivel up and die wow so the fields were salted and their fruit as prophecy became barren Okay? Okay. But God is loving, God is kind, God is graceful. So he sent us whom? He sent us Christ. He sent us Christ. And by Christ's coming, he sent the salt of steadfastness and of faithfulness. Hmm. Okay. okay, let me ask you this. What is the chemical composition of salt? You know what? I was a bad chemistry student, and I really don't know. So it's sodium what? Well, it's sodium. Okay, so it's sodium nitrate? No. No. I, I told you good, I didn't know. I make a good explosive. <laughs> <laughs> but I told you I didn't know. I, know. I know about sodium, but I don't know that it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's sodium chloride, okay? Ah. Okay. So, so the, sodium chloride is a crystalline and colorless solid, okay? It's white. It's clear. Right. Um, and the way we form it, or the way nature forms it, is it combines hydrochloric acid, so the hydrogen, okay. or, the, or the chloride from the hydrogen, and it combines sodium hydroxide, a very basic substance. And from the combination of the two, you create sodium chloride and water, okay? Okay. So you take a very acidic substance and you add a very basic substance and you create salt and water. Now, what do we know, what are acids and bases good for? Well, acids and bases are good for messing stuff up. Yeah, not they much, don't, right? They don't, they're not good. They don't do good things. In general, they're not good. So, the, so they represent waste that we throw out, Okay. Okay. And that's exactly what happens to salt, right? If you let it convert into acid and base, you can throw it away. You might as well it, toss it out. Yeah, because it won't be any good. And that's what Christ warned us at the sermon. He said this, You are the salt of the earth, but if a salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and tramp on it trampled underfoot by men. Wow. Matthew 5 and 13. So the essential point we need to know here is that salt can become tasteless, and when it is becomes tasteless, it basically is converted into acids and bases, right? Right. And it's good for nothing anymore. Correct. And to exactly what Christ said, to be thrown out. 
and trampled underfoot by man. We're going to take a break right here. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about salt and hopefully its good uses because salt does have some good uses. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're listening to The Prophecy Show here on Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. Welcome back, one and all, to The Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe, and I'm here with Dr. Andrew, and we're talking about salt today. So salt. Like the Lord said, if you let it become tasteless, it becomes acids and bases. So mm -hmm. it's, it's worthless. You throw it out, and it gets trampled under our feet, okay? Okay. But he says if you, if you do what he promises, if you follow the, the path that he has given us, and sometimes if you face the fire of persecution, he will, he'll make it good. He will make it salty. Mm. So, he said this, everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt becomes unsalty, with what will you make it salty again? And he gave us the answer. He said, salt it with fire. Really? Have salt in yourself and be at peace with one another. Ah. Mark 9 and 49. Okay. And it's true. Because if we look at how we create salt... Whether it's in the sea, or whether it's chemically, okay. the only way you're going to make it is by heating it. So if you get an acid and, you, and a base, and you put it through fire, it'll create salt. Really? And that's how, this, that's how the sea does it, because it's subject to the heat of the sun. Right. And it crystallizes out as salt. So he was correct. He subject the acids and bases that which has become saltless, and you subject it to heat. In this case, the heat of persecution. Okay. Then you're salty again. Hmm. So God the Father is water, right? Right. And we are to be the salts of the earth. Okay. Okay. And we can only become faith, become salt through faithfulness, through our faith and through the faith of the Father. And through faithfulness, we face what? We face, through faithfulness, we face the, the, the goodness of the Lord, of Christ. But on the negative side, what do we experience? On the negative side, we get thrown out and trampled under the feet of man. Well, yeah, we get subject to the fire of persecution. So, the word salt in the Greek comes from the word halah, which means to be seasoned by fire. Ah! So we are seasoned by fire and produce the salt of the earth. Okay. So many, as we know, many claim to be followers of Christ. But they're not. But they are not. Because if you live by faith but cannot stand through what? Cannot stand through the persecution you... You are worthless. Thank you. You are tasteless, and you are thrown underfoot by men, just exactly what he said. You are trampled underfoot by men because of that. Okay. Because you can't face the fire of persecution. Wow. The answer to his question is simple. How can it be made salty again? What's the answer? Heat. 
wow. the fire of persecution. What is, yeah, and what do we what do we show when we go through the fire of persecution? We show our faith. That's right. So it's faith. That's what makes it salty. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he wants us. God wants us to follow the Son, and by faith to stand firm with Him to the persecution of men, to the fire of persecution. Wow. And by that we remain salt. Gotcha. Okay. So what is faith? Faith is a belief that God is going to do what he said he would do no matter what. And what is it? Is it faith with seeing? No. It's it's faith in believing. All right. So just just believe that God is going to keep his word. That's right. It's believing without seeing, right? Right. This is a great display of faith here. As you know, the centurion came and said, Heal my servant. Right. And God said, the son said, I'll come with you. And but, he said, no. Yep. Don't, but the don't, centurion don't said, Don't go. I don't need you to go. Yeah. He Just said, your word is good enough for me. That's right. He said this. And he said, I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say, go. And he goes. And another come. And he comes. And to my slave do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. Matthew 8 and 8. Wow. So that's what we are called to do. We are called to have faithfulness, to exhibit courage in the absence of his physical presence here on earth. Okay. This was what Paul taught us. He said, therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5. So we look forward to the hope that comes to the Father. And the generations have faith in what was not seen. And in it, we have the faithfulness of what God has promised to us. Correct. That's what is said by the Hebrew writer. He says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. That is, you're assured of what the Father has promised. For the conviction of things not seen, because right. we no longer see the physical presence of Christ. Correct. For by it, the men of old gain approval. He's speaking of people like Abraham. Moses and Joshua. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God because the word was there in the beginning. Right. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Wow. Hebrews 11. Wow. So it's by faith that we are called to be strong and uphold the words that is the word of God that sustains us. Okay. It says this, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. 1 Corinthians 16. Okay. So our job is to be diligent in spreading the truth and spreading the word of God. No matter what. No matter what. And having the faith in believing that by spreading the word of God, that he will take care of us and provide what we need to be able to do that. Yeah. 
It says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. Mm. So that you will not be sluggish, that means lazy, right. but imitators of those who through faith, so he's talking about the forefathers, right. and patience inherit the promises, Hebrews 6 and 11. Wow. So, so we, have, we must face the fire of persecution. That's, that's a pre-requirement, okay? Okay. And by it, we develop the endurance, and by it, we develop the hope. And we're going to be able to do what God wants us to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. James said, consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, that is, the fires of persecution, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, James 1 and 2. So, wow. you know, I'm guilty of that. I think when persecution comes, yeah, you kind of get down. Yeah. You get down, but... But I don't. I, I, I had to learn the hard way not to do that. Yeah, you don't get down. You just thank yes. God for it. And keep going. Count it all joy. Because he's making you perfect through it. Amen. So we're going to take another quick break right here. And when we come back, we're going to rejoin Dr. Andrew in our conversation about salt. Actually, we're going to end it up right here. We're going to end it? Yeah. Okay, so okay. Until, until... Well, let me, let me read this last part right Okay. Here. So it, so we talk about the faith of salt, and we talk about our faith, but really the faithful one is who? Faithful one is God. God is always faithful. That's right. And he that's does, what, yeah, he does whatever one. he says he's going to do. And that's what it says at the end. It says this, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Mm. Revelation 19. And he rides a white horse. He rides the white horse. So until next week, take care of yourself. <laughs>